0: I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome to Tactical Tuesday. These are practical insights to help you along your clean energy journey. You are joining me here on a replay episode of a very special interview. I actually just completed Last week, live from the Power Up Live podcast stage at RE+. I said that about three dozen times last week, so it feels like it just rolls off the tongue. I wanted to get this one out as quickly as possible because not only is it with one of the godfathers of the industry, none other than Mr. Jigger Shaw, but it really does feel like something that is particularly prescient and important. Jigger maintains that we are no longer in the solar industry. And as provocative as that might sound on the surface, the reasoning and rationale behind it are quite sensible. And I think that you will agree. The solar industry is shifting towards resiliency and grid value. Financing solar and energy storage projects with government backing has long been the way that we've done this stuff, but the way that the government is helping support grid resiliency moving forward is going to look quite a bit different jigger and i get into how he foresees the industry really partnering with utilities to grow the solar industry i know that sounds almost uh antithetical to the relationship we've had for the past 15 or 20 years with the utilities but there is progress being made in fact he had a wonderful master speaker series that we talk a little bit about with none other than Uh, fellow North Carolinian Lon Huber from Duke Energy on the first day of RE+. And we had Lon on our morning show, which you probably heard about. So if you heard that morning show replay, then you got a little bit of insight into what Jigger and I are going to be talking about today. Dig in as we unlock value streams, energy services, and talk about improving energy access and affordability for low-income communities and how virtual power plants are the stimulant that our industry has long awaited. If you like these kinds of conversations, well, not only do we have more than 630 in our back catalog of podcasts for Suncast over at mysuncast.com, but we live streamed each and every one of these industry icon interviews that we did live from the Power Up Live stage that you can view over at www.suncast.live. So without further ado, let's dig into another. Powerful conversation live from SunCast at RE Plus Two Thousand Twenty Three. If you came because you were provoked by the title, that was intentional. You, according to Jigger, are no longer in the solar industry. You see, the solar industry is ungo- undergoing a massive paradigm shift. Many working in the industry, are frankly, unaware that the very business model assumptions they've been working with have shifted in a massive, massive way. The do is Jigger Shaw to my right. Maintains that if you thought you're in the solar industry, well, you are wrong, and it's much more bigger than that. Is that right? Much more bigger than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the, you, you, I heard you say that even if the company has "sun" in the name, safe to say they've already moved beyond a solar-only offering. What are we talking about?
1: Well, I think as you know, we started this whole journey with you know in the modern times here with net metering, mm-hmm. right? Where you know people basically said, "I'm paying 14 cents a kilowatt hour for my power." Every kilowatt hour I get from solar saves me 14 cents. Even if I produce too much, um, I just put it into the grid and my meter runs backwards, right? Today, that conversation is very different, right? I mean, it started with, well, we're going to move you to a time of use tariff, right? And then if you generate power during this time, you make more money. If you generate this time, it's less money. Then people started saying, well, you know what? Like we have public safety shutoffs. We have other stuff. I want a battery. I want to make sure I have backup power because otherwise when I lose power... My solar doesn't work, yeah. right? So then they started really talking about resiliency. And then, you know, folks said, well, hey, wait a second. That resiliency actually could provide value to the grid. Yeah. So you've had all these pilot programs in California, now in Puerto Rico, are the places where folks are saying, we'll pay you $2 a kilowatt hour yeah. for the power out of your power wall to go into the, into the grid. I mean, hell, in, in Texas, during this latest heat dome, I think they were paying $5 a yeah. kilowatt hour for that power to go into the grid, right? So now the question becomes: Where is that on the spreadsheet? Yeah, right. And and how are you explaining this yeah. to customers? Yeah, and you can't call it solar because it's not really solar. Yeah, sorry, right? Josh. <laughs> what it really is is you know figuring out how you actually treat your home system as a microgrid. Yeah, and then how you actually sell services into the system like a natural gas peaker plant. Mm. You know, so you're in this place where the question is: Whose job is it? To explain this complicated topic to the customer and to actually implement
0: this complicated
1: system to the customer, I would suggest it's the old solar industry Hmm. now rebranded the VPP industry.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the questions that I get when I was saying to folks that we're going to be talking about this topic is, that's great. What does Jigger have to do with this? Like, Jigger's a, a, a spokesperson for the industry, but the loan program's office funds companies like Tesla and, uh, you know, hydrogen, big hydrogen projects and Salt Cavern storage. How does this integrate into the, the loan program office uh, pathway? When you look at uh, the
1: $3 billion deal we did with Hestia Sonova, yeah. right? So clearly there's a standard offering, right? Which is basically here's the financing, you're going to pay, you know, $65 a month. And then, you know, we're providing a guarantee to that, right? Yeah. But what we just discussed is there's all these other revenue streams coming in, right? right? So now you got revenue streams coming in from uh, providing, you know, VPP services to the grid. You've got revenue streams coming in from customers saying, you know, I really want backup power. I want to be able to integrate my F-150 Lightning into my house and get vehicle to home. And so now the question becomes when you go to the bank and you say, it's not just this one line item of, you know, payments every month. There's all these other line items. You know the bank is just going to ignore it. Mm. They're going to say, well, I don't believe they, in this stuff. I don't even know this that's stuff. That's right. Like, and so so the question becomes, where do you go when you're in the opening innings of, you know, the game here to get respect for all the other services you're providing It's right. a loan programs office, yeah. right? So we're now fielding about $12 billion of additional loans that have uh, applications that have come in above the $3 billion uh, conditional commitment we provided with Hestia. And we've got another roughly $30 billion worth of loans that are being actively prepared by people yeah. who've come to us, shown us early drafts, et etc. And they run the gamut, right? So they're not just solar plus storage microgrids, but they're also uh, folks who are um, running EV fleets. Yeah. And they're running the EV chargers yeah. as a virtual power plant, right? And so, so you can come at this from lots of different ways, but there's no way to roll this out unless you actually can raise debt. Mm. right and and right now we're the first place to do these quote unquote weird business models <laughs> and weird technologies and then you know at, after we get done with doing it you can imagine a bunch of commercial banks being jealous looking over our shoulder yeah, going hey we'll do the next one so there's the respect part on the industry and the business models and the technology that frankly is being shown everywhere <laughs> in this trade floor but the other piece of it is getting the electric utilities Excited about partnering with the solar industry again, right? Yeah, exactly. So there's been this 10-year sort of cold war with <laughs> the electric utility industries over net metering, and part of what we're saying is the utilities, after 20 years of flat load, you know, they're actually experiencing load growth again. Right. And when you think about how long it takes to build a utility-scale solar farm, with you know, being in the transmission queue for four years and then finally getting integrated, they're saying if we want to add 300 gigawatts of you know, new uh, generation capacity right away, the fastest way to do that is rooftop solar. Yeah. Right? And so now the question becomes, how do you partner? What Lon Huber said yesterday on stage with me is that they're only going to be enthusiastic about solar if there's dispatchability with that solar. Yeah. And so my sense is, is that we need to open up more markets for the solar industry. Yeah. Right? Sorry, the VPP industry. (laughs) So now the question becomes, You know, couldn't we actually bury the hatchet with utilities Mm. and open up these really big new markets so that we can actually get on track Mm. to, you know, 20% of rooftops Mm. with solar on them?
0: What does the installer in North Carolina or North Dakota have to start thinking about integrating into their business, their business model, their education programs, et cetera, to really embrace this concept that you're no longer a solar company?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we started this process almost two and a half years ago. And when we started the process, I think people thought we were crazy, but we started with the big service companies, right? Whether it's, uh, you know, Sunrun, Powers, the Sinovas, et cetera. And, you know, when you look at those companies, they have already announced publicly to their shareholders that they're VPP companies. Yeah. Right? This is not something that I'm making up. Yes, Sinova chief among them, yeah. They actually went to their quarterly conference call Mm -hmm. and told everybody that they're doing that. Now, Sunrun has decided to do that by partnering with Lunar Energy. Sunpower has a partnership with... GM Energy to, like, help service the GM Silverado deployment. You've got, you know, Snowball yeah. with their partnerships, you know, Good Leap. Others are all doing that stuff. So the first thing was to figure out, like, hey, you know, is this something that you think is actually good for your business that's going to actually, you know, resonate with your investors, your shareholders, right. all that stuff, yeah. right? It turns out that it does. I think mean, you know, it makes the market for these companies bigger, yeah. right? So now they don't want to limit themselves just to solar. Yeah. They want to dominate batteries. They want to dominate EV charging. They want to dominate smart panels, right? Yeah. They want to be the the vehicle. They want to be the channel yeah. by which all of these technologies enter the home. Yeah. Right? And they're all exhibiting here at RE Plus, as yeah. you know, right? So now the question becomes, you have an extraordinary business. You're an installer. Yes. Right? And you have two things. You have one, you have a body of work that speaks for itself, right? So you've got thousands of happy customers that, frankly, you're probably doing maintenance on those systems, right? They call you up when something goes wrong, et cetera. I hope and, you are. And that gives you an opportunity to cross-sell them more services, yeah. right? So you're saying, hey, by the way, are you thinking about an electric vehicle? If yeah. you are, yeah. actually, the inverter that we have in there doesn't support these, these smart technologies, but your inverter is nine years old now. We need to probably upgrade it anyway. When you upgrade it, you should upgrade it to this inverter, and that actually allows you to control your EV charger, control all these other pieces, yeah. and do all these things together, right? And so these are the last mile conversations that are being had, and they're being led by those installers. The only way for them to do that is to come to RE Plus and actually go to one of these technical sessions yeah. and get trained on yeah, how to do right. that, right? And so this is not simple stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but if you get that training, now you can actually cross-sell your existing customers. Yeah. But also these new customers are coming in who just bought you know, we'll have a deposit on a Chevy Silverado, yeah. right? And they're coming in and saying, hey, you know, like I got a deposit coming in. I heard about this vehicle, the home thing. I'd like to figure out how much it's going to cost to get that thing set up. And they call you up. You're like, wait, what are you talking about? Why are you calling me? Right. You no, know, you're saying, that's great. Actually, we got training on this, you know, at the last RA Plus show. We'd love to figure this out with you. We'd also like to put solar on your roof because yeah. that's the cheapest way to charge your your car, we like to do this other stuff. And so my sense is that the thousands of installers and service providers that we have in this industry is the best channel Yes. to actually get a lot of these other products into the marketplace. And you know they got to get ready, right? Yeah. It's not a short process. It a, takes a little time.
0: Have you been curious about utility scale storage? SunGrow's revolutionary liquid-cooled solution is revolutionizing the storage landscape. It's built-in DC-to-DC coupling combined with other features like higher energy density and 3% slower battery degradation make it a robust solution that companies nationwide are choosing. You can learn more about this innovative solution by SunGrow by visiting mysuncast.com forward slash sungrow. Hey, pardon the interruption, but I wanted to just let you know how much of an impact you have on Suncast. Yeah, you, thank you for clicking play. Without you, this show is just me shouting into the void. But there's still people who don't even know about Suncast. I know, I can hardly believe it myself. <laughs> but that's where you can help me yet again. There's a simple way that you can show some love and help others discover the show if you cruise over to www.ratethispodcast.com forward slash suncast i'd love it if you would leave a five-star rating and enthusiastic review that's possibly the single kindest thing that you could do for me today so if the show has helped inspired or even entertained you at all i'd love it if you would head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash suncast and give me a virtual two thumbs up. All right, back to today's episode. One of the key milestones that I, uh, that I see in the LPO back, backing of the Hestia deal with Sonova is improving their ability to allow more homeowners to participate in what effectively is transactive energy. It is the ability to be engaged in this process at a neighborhood level not without the disparate nature that it has been before. Can you talk a bit as a final note about the, the intention behind the financing to these kinds of deals and what we want to see at the neighborhood level?
1: I think when you think about where this industry has gone, right? So it started obviously with people who had cash in their checking account and was yeah. just paying cash for solar projects. We are now at a point where I think when you look at the data coming out of the national laboratories um, where they process every quarter, mm. the average incomes from you know, the folks in this industry that are going solar... That number is down to like $60,000, $70,000 household yeah. incomes, right? So it's far more affordable and far more broad reaching today than it was five, 10 years ago. But I think that part of what we say in the VPP liftoff report is that we now have to be intentional. Yeah. Right? There are certain neighborhoods that the soul industry, frankly, has not been um, advertising in. That's right? right. So now the VPP industry has got to make up for that mess. When you think about, the services that many of these communities need. Yeah. Um, you know, they need resiliency. They need reliability. They need all these services that we're talking about. And we frankly have the ability to provide them these services. These these communities pay. Right. It's as, you know, Barbara Einrich, who passed away last year, right, the author of Nickel and Dime said that it's expensive to be poor. Yeah. Right. So for a lot of these folks, they actually pay a much higher cost for basic services mm-hmm. than other people do. Right. And so and they they just do it in their own way. Right. So we now have to be intentional about bringing these services. I'll g- give you some examples. So, you know, we buy, as Americans, $10 billion of appliances a month. Yeah. Right? So water heaters, refrigerators, HVAC systems, right? And, you know, those appliances generally are a no-brainer, right? When something breaks, they always break. You generally don't proactively get a new one. 10 more. Uh, so, like, so basically, the um, you know, it's always an emergency, and... For LMI customers where that's roughly 40% of the market, Mm -hmm. um, they're putting it on a credit card if they've got capacity there or they're doing something else. And they're often paying 30% interest for that, right? right? That's ridiculous. No one's giving them free appliances. So they're paying for that, right? So now the question becomes like, can we figure out ways to uh, give them much lower cost financing, right? And so what Lon Huber talked about yesterday was he has a new financing program that's on the meter, right? That can do it that way. And that reduces the interest rates into the single digits. Uh, PG&E and some of the California utilities have done this for some time as well. You've got utility on-bill financing programs in New York. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of these places where, where they've had, frankly, frankly, this latent ability to do this, but haven't actually leaned into doing right. it. So now we got to lean into doing it. Some of these like programs have been in place for five years and no one actually used them. we got to figure out how to make sure that we use them. And then once you're there and you're helping them with the water heater that just broke or the HVAC system that broke... Wherever else you can start to educate people on solar plus storage and you know electric vehicles and all these other things. Remember, the other thing that the Inflation Reduction Act has is a tax credit for used electric vehicles. Yeah. Right. So uh there's a four dollars tax credit there. And there's an increasingly growing number of used electric vehicles available too. So you can now get into electric vehicles more affordably. Everyone I, you know, have been taking lyft around here. Now a lot of my lyft drivers are running electric vehicles because yeah. they're saying actually the cost per mile is a lot cheaper. And so we're making more money that way. So I just think that we all have to be intentional about making sure that these solutions are being offered to these other communities Mm -hmm. because they actually have money to spend on these things. And they are spending money on these services, but they're often spending it suboptimally. They're spending it on the most expensive way to get these services because we're not going in and saying, actually... I went to the RE Plus show this year, mm. and here's some of the things I learned about, and here's some of the great innovations right. that we can give to you. And these populations like cool stuff as much as everybody else does. Like That's the true. notion that they need like 30 year old technology is ridiculous. Yeah, they have smartphones. They want to be able to control their thermostat from their smartphone. They want all these things. So I just think we got to be intentional about it. Yeah, and I think with that intentionality, we're <laughs> going to double the size of our market.
0: If you would like to learn more about the virtual power plant commercial liftoff, I would encourage you to go to liftoff.energy.gov forward slash VPP. That's liftoff.energy.gov forward slash VPP. Please go download it. As we said, three, four or five times, send it to your friends. (laughs) Tell everybody, tell everybody you are no longer in the solar industry. Really think about this. The job that we have inherited is to expand the service offering in not only our industry, but to reach out and create the kinds of partnerships that we see with Ford and Chevy, that we see with Duke and the utilities that we see with Swell and electrical installers. The industry is changing. We have been so far leaning in. We are the ones who have challenged homeowners to think differently about how they integrate their their services in their home. Who else? should be standing in the gap to provide these additional gadgets, these additional, additional services. And what we have, it sounds, from this conversation, is a commitment from stalwarts like Duke to bring services to the table to help educate the industry and to integrate plans in their pricing offering that encourage and enable homeowners to take action. Well, I think the one thing I'd say is that's different today mm. is that these
1: utilities are experiencing pain. We're not selling vitamin pills. We're selling pain medication, right? <laughs> And, you know, the utilities are far more interested in jumping on that. So, like, in general, I think the dynamic has shifted. They really need these services. The last thing I'd say is that we've got about $41 billion worth of interest already that for applications received and or applications we know are being actively prepared. But I think that, you know, when we're all said and done, we're probably going to commit $100 billion out of the loan programs office for this sector. So I think we're going to do our part to make sure that $100 billion is invested well on behalf of taxpayers, which means good standards, working with the regulators, working with, you know, our friends at the Electric Power Research Institute to make sure all these technologies are meeting all the relevant standards and stuff like that. So I think there's a lot of work to do, but frankly, uh, you know, there's no better industry to do it with.
0: What do you think? I believe that Jigger had a number of quotables. My absolute favorite was, we are not in the business of selling vitamins, rather pain medicine. What was your favorite quotable from Jigger? Fire it off to me over on LinkedIn today. I'll be traveling to New York to take a one-day hiatus, um, yet more travel, in Climate Week, which is happening, yep, the week right after RE+. If you happen to be in New York, you happen to listen to this first thing in the morning, why don't you shoot me a text or shoot me an email? Maybe I'll still have time to catch up with you. And if not, at least let me know that you're in New York so that we can connect next time I'm in town. Speaking of in town... What if we had Suncast come to your town? Would that be something that you'd be interested in? I'd love it if you'd shoot me an email, Nico at mysuncast.com. Let me know if you think we should do Suncast summits or Suncast regional events. It's something that we're really strongly thinking about going into the new year. So leave me a note. Let me know your thoughts on how we could bring that to reality. I've already had offers for Atlanta, San Diego, uh, and a number of other regional cities. love to bring Suncast to your city. Would you be willing to help? shoot me a note at nico at nicoatmyasuncast.com and let's talk about it. If you are the kind of person that likes to dig into show notes and see all the resources from each of our episodes, then there should be a link to the show notes page right in the description of the podcast player you are listening on. Please click through to that because that's also how you can find the social media links like mine and Jigger's LinkedIn connection. I want to thank Our sponsors, both for the Power Up Live stage as well as our long-term sponsors for the podcast because they help make sure that this show is free to you, the listener. All you have to pay is your time and attention for which I am eternally grateful to both parties. They help make sure that Suncast still exists and that for me is meaningful. I hope it is for you. I hope that you'll show up again on Thursday for one of our longer form executive profile interviews. And I just want to remind you that you are what you listen to thanks again for showing up solo warrior it's half the battle